I was prepared to continue uh, initially in the book of Daniel chapter 2, but the Lord put on my heart, and, and he's done this in the past, where we, you, and my sisters and my brothers, this is not a time we need to know about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. This is a time when he wants me and us to hear about the power of prayer. So he sent me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Matthew 26, 36. The power of prayer. And Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity to share. Thank you for the time that you set aside just for us tonight, Father. And we pray that uh, this holy remnant, including myself, would be open to what you have for us, Father. We don't always understand why you do what you do, but we trust you, Father. We pr pray, first of all, that your word will be rightly divided. We pray that eyes, ears, and hearts will be open to receive what you have for us. And we pray that we not just not be hearers of the word, but doers also. So, Lord, that's our prayer. You know our hearts. You know our desire is to, to honor you, Father, to love you, to exalt you in every way. And I pray that the words of encouragement will come from the Holy Spirit to cause us to do just that. So we thank you for um, what you've done already. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for what you're going to do in each and every one of our lives, Father. So we give you the glory for all that is said and all that's done here tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two uh, sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now what does that mean to us? First of all, to really understand that there is power in prayer and not to be confused with those, um, maybe not, not necessarily among us, but those that we encounter who uh, do the old name it and claim it. Satan's trying to make me sick, but I, refu I refute him. The enemy is rising up against me, but I'm saying, you know, you, you have no power here. Be gone. Those things are all well and good. And even those uh, supposedly high learners among us who say prayer is nothing more than positive thinking. Hopefully you haven't heard it, but it's been said. It's even been said, how could a, an intelligent person like you believe in this Jesus Christ? I thought you were smarter than that. And they equate intelligence with I won't say common sense because common sense isn't common. I would say those who think that they have the fix for their lives. And we, everybody in this room has gone through something or is going through something or will go through something 
that they realize they have no control over. When you pray, what's the worst thing that can happen? Again, you know, rhetorical question, answer that for yourself. When you pray, what is the worst thing that can happen? And remember, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, about when the disciples asked about prayer, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us where to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us when to pray. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. So as you pray, as you continue, as you be- become a prayer warrior, the other, the other things come. And when someone says, well, and you've, you've heard this within the last week. I heard it this morning. Not here in the, in the service, but, you know, you've you got to bow your head and you've got to close your eyes. That's when you're really praying. That's when you're really serious about it. I say, no, that's not true. Not at all. And when they say teach us to pray, that's it. Just, just continue to pray. And when you pray, seek the spirit in what you should pray about or how you should pray. And no matter what it is, when it is, how it is, it should always conform to his will, to God's will. Always. No matter what it is. Well, this is just a little minor thing. I, I, I've been through this a hundred times. So it's not a big deal. So I don't really have to pray for this. I can just do it on my own. There's a danger in that because what happens now is you're putting the God that knows all on a level with you that knows little at best. So we need to, to continue to seek him in everything, no matter how small it is, no matter how large it is. Some of us, uh, we as a body, unknown to most of us, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of families that are hurting. Uh, The number of prodigal sons and daughters is growing day by day. You don't have to know this, but these are the things that are happening. How do you contend with that? How do you contend with anxiety about a phone call that, that you're waiting to hear? Maybe all is well, maybe not. How do you contend with whenever the phone rings at 11, 15 at night, you think, this can't be good. How do you contend with the fact that you've got so much sickness around you, people with COVID and and flu and pneumonia and all these things? How do you contend with that? You just continue to pray. You continue to trust. And it's all based on trust. And again, this wasn't part of the message for me tonight, but um, I, I try to model my prayer after Second uh, uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, and you know the guys that I spend time with get a chance to hear that a lot, because I do. You know, if my people, which indicates you have a choice to make, who are called by my name, will humble themselves you got to start off with humbling. If you're praying and you're not seeking the Lord, then who are you praying to? Who are you praying for? Pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. And then when we honor those three um, requests, then he'll answer if it be his will. But it's always got to be his will. So as we go here, let's, let's ask ourselves the question, why do we pray? I'm going to give a lot of uh, reference scriptures. If you, I'll try and slow it down just in case someone's trying to write those down. But I just want to go through these. Why do we pray? Mark 11.24. You don't have to go there you, if you choose to. That's fine. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that, that you receive them and you will have them. Um, th- I said this a while ago, and, and one of the sisters in the body was confused. She said, I ask the Lord for things all the time, and he doesn't answer my prayer. 
So my question was, what would you consider an answer? Do you know an answer could be something other than yes? No is an answer. But I asked him for that, and he, it says that he would give me what I asked for. Wait is not an answer. Not now is not an answer. Not true. Not true at all. The Lord knows what we need, what we don't need. And he would grant that according to his will. And I told you guys this before. It's not something that I, I, I especially like to say, but it's a true fact. If the Lord has given me everything that I wanted, I probably would not be serving him today. Not a good statement to make, but I, I'm being transparent right now. If he had done the things that I asked for, the things that I thought I wanted, you would have never known me more than likely because I had no desire. Once I got that, then my thinking at that time as a, a, a very young person was Jesus, God, is for people who are needy. If I don't need anything, then what would be the purpose of wanting God in my life? Now, I, I, I will say to you, and, and think, my thinking is vastly different today because I know it's not about that. And not only that, but back then, it was all about me. Today, tonight, it's all about you. That's my heart. I'm more concerned about your well-being because I know that he's blessing me, us, well beyond measure. And I want to see you, everybody here, not just in this room, but in the, at the sound of my voice and everywhere, to experience the goodness of God. Pray, pray, pray. And it's so important to really understand what prayer means. So th that's why you pray. Why pray? John 14, 13 through 14 says, And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If it's his will, because he's a sovereign God, because he loves you when we're good and when we're not so good, or according to this time of year, when we're naughty and nice. He still loves you. He knows what's best. He knows that that object of your desire could destroy you, so he won't grant it. He knows the things that we're seeking are destructive, so he will not grant it. Well, Lord, why don't you give me what I want? Because I love you. Well, that doesn't make sense. Get used to being different. The Lord grants it according to his will. Why do we pray? John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let's be careful with those words. You will ask what you desire. You will ask what you want. You will ask... Uh, for the things that, that you want an answer to the things that you pray for. And if he says no, that's an answer. If he says wait, that's an answer. If he says not now, that's an answer. It's all based on whether you trust him or not. Do you trust me? You could be like Peter. Do, Peter, do you trust me? Uh, you're, you're okay. You're all right. Peter, do you trust me? Sure, I like you a lot. Peter, do you trust me? Do you love me? Yeah, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Let's be that way. Let's be about doing what he's calling us to do. That's why we pray. And, and here I have, oh, just pray. Just pray. Well, I don't know what to do. Then just pray. In Luke 11:1, 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. 
and it, all of us in this room and in pixel land have a strength. God has given us that. How do we get better at what we're doing? How do you get better at your job? How do you get better at your hobby? Commitment, consistency. Commitment, consistency. Passion, desire. Passion, desire. And it develops from there. So we need to be that way about prayer. That's why it says teach us to pray. Because once you do it, you, and, and especially when he shows you the power of prayer, he shows you the benefit, he shows you, he gives you something that you desire, or he will not give you something that you desire. You need to take that the same way. Your heart should be to either one of those things. Because I love you. I don't want to see you destroyed. So I will not honor that prayer that you're asking. Just pray. Teach us to pray. How to pray? How do we pray? How? Luke 11, 1. Uh, I'm sorry. Matthew 6, 7, and 8 says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Don't babble like the pagans. Don't think that the, the quality is in the quantity. Well, when I pray, I pray for hours. Well, God bless you. But is it really about that? Is it really about how long you pray? One of the problems that we've seen uh, is that there's some among us who think that because they pray lengthy, and they use flowery words and they throw some scripture in there that makes it that, that more effective. And that, that's not really what it's all about. Don't babble. The pagans babble. They want to use many words, thinking that indicates some type of holiness. And don't be like them, for your father knows. He's not just listening to your words. He's listening to your heart. He's reading your heart. So he knows the motive of your prayer. He knows the motive of what you're doing. He knows when you're trying to be a man pleaser, a person pleaser by how you pray. How do we pray? Matthew 6, 9-13 says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Another model. Another model of how we pray. And here, what are we asking for? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And that's where we want to be. We want to acknowledge him in everything. And sometimes that's very challenging for us. Even now, you know, as, as we go through this season, I was sharing with uh, my two godly sisters that, I'm one of the, the people that says, you know, don't become weary in well-doing. And to know that during a certain season, you're, you're doing it. Yeah, you, I, can, I can say that with the best of them. But when it seems like the sky is falling and you're, you're trying your best to just stay the course, it can be very difficult. And I'm not telling anybody here anything you don't know. Everybody in here knows about it. Everybody in here has, will, is experiencing that. It just seems like there's this, this, this weight that's on your shoulders and you just want to shake it off. And it is possible the Lord wants to take that away. The question is, are you willing to cast it at his feet? That's where our problem comes into. I'm, I'm the person that says... Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And it just seems like 
every once in a while that gets out of order. You know, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I've tried everything else. It failed. So I may as well just pray. We got it backwards. Pray, and then everything else will fall into place. But it's got to be sincere. It's got to be pure. It can't just be words. It just can't be a ritual. It just can't be a rote. We need to pray in earnest. We need to pray with a heart that's dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way our prayers will be effective. I'm another one to say, be anxious for nothing but everything through prayer and supplication. Sounds good, Richard. How you living? Well, right now, not so good. Not so good. So pray for us as leaders in this particular body because a lot of us are struggling right now. And I'm not saying this to say, oh, poor guys, you know, the Lord is really doing a number on it. It's not that. It's just that there's some among us who think we're immune to these things. And there's so many things that we get to hear that we don't get to share. How's it going, brother? Praise the Lord, I'm doing great. Uh, sure doesn't look like it from here. You know, must be the lighting. You know, so we, we're not immune to any of these things. Sometimes we're exposed to them even more so because of the position that we're in. And a lot of people trust us. So we get to hear about those really intimate things that are going on in the home. And sometimes it's not even a home, it's just a house. We get to hear that. Just want you guys to know that we covet your prayers. We need your prayers. And I'm not, not talking about any one of us in particular, but just as a body, as a leaders, our, our leader, leadership team, we need those prayers. We need to pray for what's going on around us today. The only thing I want to encourage you guys to is the fact that the things that are happening now around us, they have to be. They have to be, folks. And, you know, I don't, I don't follow the political landscape, but I, I, I know what the Word of God says. America has to be brought down low. And America is not mentioned, but there's a reason why it isn't. But the things that we're do doing, or we're doing, such as supporting Israel, those things can't be in order for the rapture to occur. All those things that are happening around us, these things that, that the powers that be are forcing on us, they have to be. Well, we just need to take a stand and just be in opposition. It doesn't mean that we sit idle. It just means that as the world gets darker, that means our light should be more illuminated. So that's, what we, that's the attitude we need to have. I need to take a stand. But I don't think I can make a difference. How many people did it take to turn the world upside down or right side up, depending on your perspective? So don't think it doesn't matter. It matters. You can make a difference. Go where the Lord has called you. You don't have to do what your sister's doing. You don't have to do what your brother's doing, your mom, your dad. You don't have to do what they're doing. What is the Lord calling you to? And honor that, no matter what it is. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. So let's follow that plan. Let, he, he, sets, he lays a path before us, and he just said, he gives us an, an option. You can either follow this path or you can go your own way. Based on history, the tendency is usually to go your own way for several reasons. Number one, to us it seems easier. It's much easier to do it this way than, than what he's calling me to. A lot of us, although we're bold in some respects, we, have, we fear. We fear rejection. We fear being cast out 
from family, from friends, from social groups. So we go along with it. Uh, in God's world, that's called double-hearted, divided heart, double-minded, or lukewarm. Take your pick. Do a search, and you'll find out that neither one of those is in your best interest. Ask him what he would have you to do, what he would have you to stand up for, what he would have you to, what he would lead you to, what he would lead you from. In that struggle that we're seeing right now, he would get you past it, if it be his will. Think about where you come from. Some of you in this room might have led a a charmed life. Some, not so much. But look what he brought you from. Look what he brought you to. You're sitting here tonight when it's a little breezy outside. You could be home on the couch doing whatever you do on the couch. I don't know. Or in bed. Some of you guys go to bed at the at dark at the side of darkness. You could be doing that, but you chose to be here. You chose to come out and see what the Lord had for you. And I applaud you for that. I do. You don't know, you never know. There's someone in this in this room that that is delighted just because you're here. There's someone in this room that just needs to see you, needs to be encouraged by you. Maybe they don't talk to you, but just your presence alone is enough for them. There's someone in this room who's struggling with something, and rather than sit home and and do whatever you do, you chose to come here, and that might be a diversion for them. It makes a difference. You never know. I know I feel blessed when I, you know, when I look out there and see my sisters and my brothers in the crowd. Always blesses my heart, no matter when, no matter how much, how often. It always blesses me. But I, I can't, I don't know if that's good, that's the thing that, that you desire. And ask yourself, why are you here? You have, I, I, could, I could have stayed home very easily. And granted, God bless those who were able to do that. But the fact that you're here indicates that you have a heart's desire to follow Jesus. You've got to have that, that desire as the children say, I decide to follow Jesus, no turning back. That's where we want to be, no turning back. Continuing. When do we pray? When? Do I, do I turn to the east at 12.01 and pray at that time? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Now, some of us have heard that as pray without ceasing. And usually the younger, well, let's pray. Well, I don't really have anything to pray about. You know, and some of you have heard that, not just from the young, but the young at heart. I don't, there's really nothing to pray about. There's never a time ever when there's nothing to pray about, ever. I don't care who you are. I don't care how often you pray. There's never a time when you say, that's it. I'm done. Everything's covered. No, folks, pray continually. Pray without ceasing because even as you're praying, things are still occurring. So you never stop. Uh, I've, I've used this analogy before, and I'll, I'll use it again. Uh, we have five senses, and when you wake up in the morning or afternoon, depending on what kind of life you live, and I can see, I can hear, I can smell, I can touch, I can taste. Do you realize that there's someone out there somewhere who would love to have all those senses intact. I'm not saying every blind person desires to see. I'm not saying every deaf person has a desire to hear. I'm not saying every person who's numb has a desire to feel. But there are some who say, I would willing to trade 
that for where I am right now. When do you pray? In Ephesians, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Be anxious for nothing but everything through prayer and supplication. Be anxious for nothing. How can that be? I'm just a humankind, so I'm going to get anxious. There are things that I can't wait. Uh, you know, just like now with the holidays coming up and, and, you know, the gifts. And you walk in and there's a gift under the tree with your name on it. Ooh, gimme, gimme. You know, and that stuff. We're anxious, and we can understand that. That's, that's a, a, a human thing. We're excited. But when we're, when we're in touch with, with the Lord, sometimes that anxiety can, can, can be a, a, a millstone around our neck, literally, because we get over-anxious. We can't wait. We, and if things are not happening quickly enough, we want to make it happen. That's where that downside to anxiety comes into play. I can't wait. The Lord is working a little bit too slow for my pace right now. So I've got to speed up the process. So I'll just do it myself. Where do I pray? Well, you've got to be in your prayer closet. You've got to be in church. You've got to be in the presence of at least two or three people. Otherwise, may not be as effective. Now, Matthew 6, 5 through 8 says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. What's the point in praying if nobody sees you? What good is that? I continue in Matthew 6, 5, 8. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. We had this conversation before in a different group. What is that secret place? What is that secret place? What do you consider the secret place? A place where it's just you and the Lord, mano a mano. That's where you want to be. That's what you want. You want that place. You want to be in with him. No distractions. No diversions. Just you and him. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He sees in secret. Wait a minute then. If he sees, how is that a secret? You want him to know what you're doing. And he's not just listening to what verses you quote. He's not, he doesn't have to stop watch to see how long you pray. And he's not keeping score about the fact that you're praying for stuff and things. He's not doing that. It's, that's why you want it to be just between you and him. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for the Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. He knows what you have need of before you ask. So why do you ask? If he already knows, why do you ask? Why doesn't he just grant it? Just give us what we want and let's just move on to the next thing that I want or say that I need. Why go through this lengthy process? When you were younger, some of you still are, younger than you are today. If you had a problem, you went and took it to mom or dad. Mom, there's this boy in school that I like a lot, but he doesn't like me. What do I do? Don't you think that mom has gone through this? And that's why you're sharing with her, because she has that experience, and that's why you're sharing with her. 
hey, Dad, I see this uh, 69 Camaro parked in front of a car down the street, and I'm thinking about buying it. What do you think? You're going to Dad because he has experience at this. That's why you're going to him. And you say, but Dad already knows why do, have to, why do I have to? He knows I'm looking. She knows I'm looking, so why do I have to ask them? Because they want that communication. They want to communicate with you. That's why you ask them, and then you ask them because you know that mom has that experience with boys, dad has experience with cars, and other things. That's why you're asking them. So if you have a God who knows all, omnipresent, omnipotent, go to him, ask. He already knows. Yes, he already knows, but he wants to hear from you, and that's the way our God is. That's why it says pray without ceasing. We're communicating with him nonstop. So he knows your heart. And you know his heart if you read his word. So now you've got a bond here. You've got somebody that you can trust. Somebody that knows a lot more than you, as mom and dad did. At some point, then you turn 17, that changes. But different story. When you go to him... You know that he cares about you. It doesn't change. There's never a time when he doesn't. So when we have these heartaches, when we have these things that are troubling us, these things that that are weighing us down, let's bring it to him. Bring it to him. And he says, avoid a repetition but in a sense that we, we, some of us were raised in a religious system that is based on repetition. And so we just repeat the same thing every time we get into service with that body. What he's talking about here now is just continuing to be open to receive what he wants. You keep asking. When he says, keep asking, keep knocking, he wants us to hear from him. He wants to hear from us. So there's a continuous thing until he comes back. You're never done. And even when you pray about all the things that you want or you need, pray for your friend. Pray for that family that you know that has a disobedient son or daughter, a prodigal. Pray for them. Pray for the family that always seems to be in turmoil. Pray for the family that you don't have to know them. I see the people across the street. There's always chaos. And there's so much anger. There's so much distrust. There's so much whatever. And you can see these things. Pray for them. Pray for that person at work that seems to be struggling no matter how hard they work, no matter how much they make, they always seem to become up short. Pray for them, not that God would give them more money, that God would give them a peace, that God would give them a desire to live in a godly way. Pray for that uncle, aunt, cousin, sister, brother, mom, dad, that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Pray for them. Because if you love them enough, you want them to be saved. If you love them even a little, you want them to be saved. I used the analogy just yesterday about if you're driving down the street and you look up and there's a bridge out. And you say, well, they'll find out if they just keep driving. Or would you turn turn around and go back? and head them off before they got to that point. And it shouldn't be a difficult decision, but some of us do make those decisions, and we decide that, well, I'm not in no danger, so I'm good. As long as I'm good, that's all that matters. So that's the same way it is, in a sense, when we love the Lord, when we love our sisters, our brothers. Don't stop. Don't be too concerned about being rejected. Don't be concerned at all about being rejected. Don't be concerned about, you know, my family not liking me because when I come around, 
I'm always talking about Jesus. Continue to talk about Jesus because you love them. Continue to pray. Uh, no, we never pray over dinner. Well, I think we should pray today. You're going to be confronted with that. Some of you were at Thanksgiving. Some of you will be at Christmas time because you're going to have Uncle Bob and Aunt Mary there. And, you know, they may not live in the way that you live, but they need Jesus. And I won't say they don't know it, but they're counting the costs. Well, if I gave my life to Jesus, that means I, I can't get drunk with my buddies. If I commit my life to Jesus, then that just means I can't go out and hang out at the bars with the girls. They're counting the costs. But you just keep loving them. You just keep encouraging them to seek Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. Don't stop. Someone never gave up on you. That's why you're here tonight. Someone's encouraging you, has encouraged you, will encourage you to seek the Lord. And it may be baby steps, but that's okay. That's okay. Never give up. Never. You and I would not have made it without the prayer of the saints. A lot of our cases is grandma, grandmothers that prayed for us. In the case right now, there's still grandmothers that are praying for us because they know just by the grace of God that we're prone to wander. No matter how grounded we are, no matter how strong a Christian we, we believe that we are, there's always the opportunity for temptation, and that's why he encourages us in his word, make no provision for the flesh. Why does he say that? Well, he says that because we have a tendency to make provision for the flesh. I thought I was beyond that. I thought I was beyond the old uh, uh, high school crush thing. The potential is still there, my friends. Still there. I thought I was really dedicated to my relationship with my husband, with my wife. And then, bam, something happened. I don't know what happened. You made provision for the flesh. I thought I was a good Christian, and, and my friends encouraged me to just have a night out with them, and, and things happen. I wasn't expecting that. That's how it works. I wasn't expecting that. Make no provision for the flesh. Jeremiah says, O oh, wicked person that I am, who can deliver me from this body of, of death? Who can deliver me? No one's immune. You're grounded. I'm solid. I'm clinging to the rock. Yet, my thought life is atrocious. How can that be? That makes no sense, does it? No. I'm believing in Jesus. I'm holding on. I'm, I'm in his grip. Yet, things pop in my head that shouldn't. He said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But he never said no weapon formed against you. So weapons are being formed against us today. Even as we sit here tonight in, in a, a a room somewhere, the powers that be are planning how to bring us down. It's not a great statement to make, but it's a true statement, friends. How can we bring them down? How can we get these people, these Christians, how can we force them to go underground? And I know it's possible because it happens in other societies. So I know it's possible, but how do we do it? Now, here's the thing. We got to make it seem subtle. A little bit of suppression, a little bit more suppression, a little bit more suppression. Now, we tell them that they can't have their Bibles in public. Think they'll buy it? 
Yeah, but you got to do it slowly. You got to do it easily. You got to make it seem like it's in their best interest. So that's what they do. They, I don't know who they is. Nobody knows who they is. All we know is they. And now we're hiding. We're hiding our Bibles. We're underground. We got to go house to house as they did in Acts, which is okay. But it just, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where we say, how do we get here? Because we would, took one step in the wrong direction and we ended up off course. And that's how it happens. Can we be ruled through fear? Answer is yes. How do you know? Because we proved it. We proved it for over a year that we can be ruled through fear. We did? Yeah, we did. We did. We caved in to the mandates. We gave in. We compromised. I told you guys before. Well, what does it mean to compromise? Remember when you were ashamed to say Merry Christmas in the mall, at school, at work? That, my friends, was a compromise. Remember when you voted, and this was on the ballot, should we do this or shouldn't we? And you says, ah, I don't need to vote. It's not going to make a difference anyway. You compromised. Remember when the powers that be told you that they were going to teach your sons and daughters this stuff, and you took it lightly? We compromised. Remember when we were younger and we went to church and this person, this man, this woman stood in front of us and told us some things about the word of God that we knew weren't true and we didn't take it to mom or dad? We compromised. And that's how it happened. That's exactly how it happens, and that's what's happening now, even uh, on even a higher level. We got people ruling over us who are ungodly. Well, we can't do anything about that. Yes, you can. You can vote the issues, not say, well, I don't like him because he's an egomaniac. I don't like her because something. I have my own reasons. I don't like her because. That's a reason. So we're going to vote for this other person who does not stand for the principles that we want to live by. We compromised. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. So understand the power of prayer. Understand why we pray. Understand how, why it's important to just pray. Understand how to pray. And understand where to pray. It's all in the book. And the only way we're going to get this is by seeking him. There's no other way, friends. This stuff doesn't just happen. Osmosis does not take, take place here. You have to find out for yourself. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not because your mom's holy. It's not because your dad's holy. It's not because grandma was a good Christian woman. It's about personal. How do you get to know anyone? How do you get to know them? You spend time with them. You spend time around them. You spend time learning about them. Same. Spending time with Jesus. Praying. Understanding his heart. And seeking his direction for your life. That's the answer. That's the only answer. 
when Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, it encompasses everything about us. Every fiber of our being is included in that. Everything. So ask yourself, do you trust him? And when you say, yes, I trust him, period, that's where you want to be. If you say, yeah, I trust him, but back up, dig a little deeper. That's the only thing that's going to be effective for you and for me. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for what you've given us tonight, Father. And I just, uh, just thank you for my sisters and brothers. Uh, you've given me a, a heart, a passion for prayer warriors, and I'm so thankful for that, Father. So I thank you for those who have a desire to follow you, those who have a desire to, to know you, those who have a desire to s seek a personal relationship with you, Father. And I pray that, that if I can be any part in their lives pertaining to them getting to know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that you will use me, use me up. Give me an opportunity to be uh, with every situation uh, that, that I can, Father, to encourage my sisters and brothers. I know you have a plan for me. I know you have a plan for them. And I pray, Father, that if I can be any part of standing in the gap for my sisters and my brothers, I pray, Father, that you would just grant that opportunities even now. So we thank you for what you've done here, Father. And uh, I just pray, Father, that, uh, that your word went out in the way that you planned, that it wasn't about the vessel, it was about the word of God. So we give praise and honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ now, Father, and just ask for your blessings uh, well beyond measure. So I pray you will grant safety for each and every one of my sisters and brothers here tonight, Father, and that you would, uh, you would just change their hearts, Father, if it, if, you felt, if it be your will, and that you would send them out. So they would come to you asking, who shall I, shall I go out, Father? And just see what your word says. What does his word says? Who will go for us? I pray that they would raise their hands and their hearts and say, I'll go. And that they would honor those words, Father. So we give thanks to you now, our Lord and Savior, and soon returning King Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen.